2: This is Monica Perez, your Libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB, normally from 3 to 6. I'm on a little early today, 2 to 4, so we've been talking for a while. And there's going to be Georgia basketball this afternoon, and then in the 8 o'clock hour, WSB will be airing the Republican debate, the last one before the New Hampshire primary next week. And uh, I think that's going to be a very interesting one. I have a feeling that Jeb will... Be uh, come across very well. I I am predicting a surprisingly good finish for Jeb Bush, and the uh, the what we were talking about before the break. I just wanted to readdress something that the discussion turned to what was happening in the presidential race, what different candidates were championing. The caller said that Chris Christie was the only one to really talk about entitlements. And the caller also said that there are a difference between social security, which is an entitlement and uh, the like welfare handouts. And it was amazing because I absolutely do not remember hearing that at all. And so when I read This article, I wonder if you read the same article, in the Wall Street Journal, uh, I kind of smelled a rat. There was a Wall Street Journal article this week that said, A Farewell to Entitlement Reform. And the quote was... uh, this is the quote from that article I found interesting. It says, Mr. Trump is a political harbinger here of a new strand of populist republicanism largely empowered by Obamacare in which the, quote, conservative position is to defend the existing entitlement programs from a perceived threat posed by a new style Obama coalition of handout seekers that includes the chronically unemployed students, immigrants, minorities and women. That was kind of a nasty little ending there to that quote, but uh, that it's like identity politics driven. I don't know about that, but it reminded me of what I read a long time ago was the difference between conservatives in England and conservatives in the United States. Conservatives in England run on the promise to, to uh, manage, to administer the welfare state better. Because it's hopeless. Once more than 50% of your population is employed by the government or depends on the government, which is where Obamacare, that's why I'm afraid of Obamacare, because it pushes us over that tipping point. Voters will never vote for a smaller government. And it's funny that Chris Christie's the guy to point that out, because I always think of him as a big government guy who argues that he's a great administrator. But the way this is being presented in the article is that it's a bottoms-up thing, that it's the people demanding That's the nature of the populist movement in the Republican Party. But I think that that's what the media does so well, is to make you think that's what everybody else is thinking, when really it's what they want you to think, that it's a top-down thing. And uh, so let me read you another quote from an Irving Kristol book called Neoconservatism, The Autobiography of an Idea, which you've heard about it before. Uh, but on this show, but you can check it out on my website, com. Crystal says the idea of a welfare state is in itself perfectly consistent with a conservative political philosophy. As Bismarck knew 100 years ago. In our urbanized, industrialized, highly mobile society, people need governmental action of some kind if they are to cope with many of their problems, old age, illness, unemployment, etc. They need such assistance. They demand it. They will get it. So Crystal's saying the same thing as this guy is saying in the journal, that people are demanding the welfare state from the conservative side. They're demanding it. And Crystal tellingly quotes Bismarck. But the funny thing is that Bismarck, the great Robert Higgs, a professor, a libertarian professor, points this out in numerous places that Bismarck established the welfare state. It was his brainchild because the Kaiser, for whom he worked in Germany, was losing the the dependence, the loyalty, the love of the people. Because as the Industrial Revolution spread out, uh, you know, made the necessities of life cheaper and gave people enough to live and they weren't desperate and, and worried. Bismarck said, hey, man, you got to start taking some of that money away from them and putting it away so that when they want to retire or if they get sick or whatever, they have to look to you. They need, he said, something to the effect of the idea was they will love you in their dependence. So it was top down from Bismarck, top down from Crystal, top down from the Wall Street Journal, I think. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If you're a Republican and you are... <laughs> You want a conservative welfare state, please give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, and in the meanwhile, I'm going to go to Robert in Stone Mountain. Hi, Robert. You're on with Monica.
3: Hi, Hi Monica. I hope you're doing well. I really appreciate your show. Um, what I called about is um, there was a whole ruckus that went on when Obama was running for president. I'm a Trump supporter by the way but when Obama was running for president they they wanted to get his uh, proof of birth he did have an American mother everybody knew that that wasn't in question right Cruz has an American mother that's yep. not in question but he was born in Canada right so why why is there such a big thing about Cruz? I mean, why wasn't there big? Why isn't Obama? there? Yeah. Why isn't theres is What I'm getting at? Yeah. It seems like there's a disparity. Of- yeah.
2: I'll tell you, Robert. This to yeah. me has been. I I I always say Trump scooped me on this one because I was ready to go. I, I actually tweeted about it quite a quite a bit, but when Trump brought out that issue, I had it was already like the top of mind thing for me because of the the just the on its face. You don't even have to know the real meaning of natural citizen according to the constitution because of this on its face first of all anyone who is an obama birther yes must disqualify cruz simply because cruz stipulates he admits to what obama's accused of which is not being born here that's one thing and and cruz's argument is well my mother was american that makes me a natural citizen but if that's the case then rubio is not a natural citizen because both of his parents were Cuban when he was born. Mm-hmm. So it either goes with the parents or it goes with the soil or it goes with both. I actually, I mean, I'm a libertarian and I personally don't trust government. But I also went to Stanford Law School and I know how to read the Constitution. And I know Vattel's Law of Nations, which was the the foundation for the Constitution in many respects, that uh, natural citizenship And the way the founders wanted it was to not have divided loyalties. And to me, Cruz was a dual citizen up until a couple of years ago. Canada is still in the British Commonwealth. There is exactly the body of political duality that they wanted to avoid. And it seems very clear to me there's going to be a real problem. And I think ultimately Cruz might actually, maybe this is that it's in the plan already, that he bows out and gives his delegates to like jab or something because he doesn't want to, create a schism in the party yeah. or something.
3: Well I'd like to see a non politician and Trump is definitely that. I'd like yeah. to because you know, I, I'm I'm I was born in forty two and I have seen my country go from an assimilation mentality to a diversification screwed up country if <laughs> you pardon my language. It's just terrible. I don't recognize my own country anymore. Well I, I feel mean,
2: yeah you're touching on uh, I think that the 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 gut feeling is that the diversity thing and cultural and all that in the 60s, I think many, many things happened intentionally to disconnect the American culture from the American founding values. They exploit things like race, ethnicity, immigration, education, music. They, they exploit all those things, the drug war, welfare, in order to disconnect us from those values because we are. And those values and the Bill of Rights are the only thing that stand between this world and world government, in my opinion. And they use all those tools. And I don't, I do not think, I'm sad to say, that, that Trump is going to stop that. I, I don't think that he's, he even recognizes what the real problem is. And ultimately, I think we're past the point where we control it.
3: I don't know. I think he's pretty bright. Um, maybe I'm wrong. But I do think he's brought up issues that up until he brought them up, the, the politician group would never, never, ever even think about talking about him. Um, I just feel like we need to get rid of these professional political people that go there forever and that have dynasties set up. And we need oh. to get term limits, and we need to move on and elect leaders that want to do something for a couple of years, and then get back to the real world that most of us live in.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I my mother gets mad at me because I don't. I think that that the media is only giving Trump the time of day to get ratings or whatever, and that that they've already turned. They're already going to start treating him differently, and that's going to. Um, an end to it which demonstrates i think pretty clearly that the media ultimately is in control so it's beyond the professional politicians at this point or even uh the amateur politicians and it's gotten to the point where it's the media that really that really has a stranglehold and we just don't recognize it i'm going to alex in atlanta hi alex you're on with monica
4: hey um i actually found you for the first time today and i just wanted to say thank you um you know, I listen to WSB in the mornings when I'm at work, and it's a little bit too far right for me, but I enjoy the talk. But I happened to turn on WSB today, and I heard the term anarcho-capitalist, um, and that just <laughs> that put a smile on my face so big. Oh, oh the please.
2: nest is in Auburn, Alabama. People should, there, there should be an ar- anarcho-capitalist in earshot. Are you an anarcho-capitalist?
4: Yes, I am. Um, I'm 22 years old. I found Ron Paul when I was like 17 or 18 in high school. And I just, like you keep saying, the rabbit hole, I just went down and I've never looked back. And it scares me seeing all my friends, uh, they're, you know, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, but people don't understand more government is not the problem. Government is, is the problem. And you just talked about, you just mentioned world government. I mean, I think that's, I think that's where we're headed. And people are either in denial or they're just not paying attention. And here's the thing, Alex.
2: When when you go down that rabbit hole, like when I talk to people about this stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist." Blah, blah blah. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't like look around, and just assume there's like something behind every rock. I actually dig into stories I'm told by the mainstream media that don't have like sources I can check that don't offer evidence, and I just dig into those stories. And when I talk to people about what's really going on, and if they think that I'm just a conspiracy theory. I, I know they haven't actually looked into it themselves. Exactly. That, that once you go down the rabbit hole, so to speak, once you look into those things and you see that the store, that the narrative, that if you peel the onion a little bit, you will find a narrative that makes a lot more sense, that has a lot more evidence, that is grounded in history than this episodic stuff that we're being uh, uh, that's being thrown at us from. In the mainstream media all the time, without evidence at all, you're just expected to trust the mainstream media, the national sanitized media, media, and not and not anybody else.
4: Exactly, and one other thing, and then I'm going to go. I know you've got other callers, but um, if, if people want sources, I, providing sources is great, but you can't get a better source than the people proposing world government. Henry Kissinger is a big new Brzezinski. Look at their books. Look at what they say. Yes,
2: Alex, that's exactly what I do. I have on my website, I have book reviews. I have quotes. Go to com about uh, these guys tell you. It's like blueprints. That's why when I read from this Irving Crystal book, he's telling we're not supposed to be reading that. He's telling the people... A lot of people have to kind of move the world in that direction. He has given... These are blueprints. They're not even predictions. They're blueprints. Uh, lots more calls to come. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez.
5: Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
2: The hi today is... 52. It is 55 tomorrow. It's going to be sunny tomorrow. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate, heating and air. And I also want to give away the weekend prize pack. A family four pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game at the Infinite Energy Arena. And a family four pack of tickets to the North Atlanta Home Show, February 19th to the 21st at the Infinite Energy Center. First to call, 404 741 750 gets that. And I do have time for call. I'm going to Dan in Atlanta. Hi, Dan. You're on with Monica.
6: Hi,
7: how are you, Monica? Good. How you doing?
6: Joe, so, I listen to you every time I'm out driving at this time. Well, one of the things that interests me, uh, a lot of most of what you say I agree with, but I, I am, if I hear one more time by some quote-unquote uh, media type that tries to tell me how stupid I am and that I should listen to them, It really irritates me a lot. I don't see anybody. They keep saying, well, he's not qualified, but he is. Tell me why anybody other than, say, Rand Paul, who was a doctor, Carly Fiorina, who ran a business, and Trump, who ran a business, are qualified to be anything other than a politician, because that's all they've ever done. And that's the problem we got in this country today. We keep voting these people and sending them back to Washington. And we've been apathetic enough, and we've let them run the country into the ground completely and destroy everything that this country was founded on, based on, and uh, actually all the reasons that made it great, in my opinion.
2: I I agree with you, and I'll, I'll just state for the record, there are only two qualifications for president. You have to be 35 and a natural citizen, and Cruz does not even seem to be a natural citizen. There's issues about that, which I think is... Uh, you know, really dangerous to try to fudge the Constitution like that. People have been going back and forth on my Twitter and on the air here, saying that a VP and a president can't be from the same state. I don't think that's true legally. I'm happy if somebody wants to tweet me a link that demonstrates I don't that. I think
6: that is. But one thing, you're right. If you look, if you go read the article in the Constitution that talks about naturalization versus born, it, it's not. I mean, it's not set a law. I mean, it, it, it it's so clear. If you're not born here, you can't be president. Here, this is my situation.
2: This anymore. is the yeah. thing. Ted Cruz has a Canadian birth certificate. When he right. went to get a U.S. passport, he had to have gone through a process. Right. What is that process called? I think it's called naturalization. I'd like to see the form he filled out, which he hasn't released, or I haven't seen it, haven't been able to find it. If it says naturalization then that's the thing i'm i a, i'm a, a citizen of ireland my grandparents were from ireland and uh you can naturalize based on that and my certificate says certificate of naturalization and i my guess is that's what his is called which means he wasn't natural to start out with or he wouldn't have to go to a process i mean i i don't it's a real issue and it should not be dismissed however your your bigger point is more important which is These guys are driving the country into the ground, and I figure, you know, unrelated to that stuff, it's like, for me, treason from the start. I mean, at least 100 years ago, if you look into Woodrow Wilson and Colonel House, and uh, Wilson apologized for being bamboozled by these guys who uh, intentionally manipulated the government to a more collectivist and less individualist, totally anti-American position. 404-872-0750 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK Or you can tweet at me, I'll read some tweets after the break At Monica Perez Show
1: Maybe it's something
5: really cool That I don't even know about Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750
2: WSB Damn I am the Libertarian On WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6 Normally, today I'm on from 2 to 4 Then we have Georgia Basketball And then at 8, we uh, around eight in the eight o'clock hour. We are going to uh, live uh, stream the debate, the Republican debate, the last debate before the New Hampshire election primary, which will be next week. Uh, is going to be broadcast live on WSB this evening in the eight o'clock hour. I am taking calls till four o'clock. I am the libertarian. Some people earlier hadn't heard me before thought that meant I was a liberal. I uh, The liberals stole liberty from libertarians. Uh, libertarians are as close to the founders' principles as anybody in the country today. Uh, we were talking about the Constitution and founding principles before the break about ted cruz and whether his citizenship issue matters and i was just wondering when you have a canadian birth certificate like he has what is the process of like when you have to get a u.s passport what is the process you have to go through is that called naturalization i don't know 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk beth in snellville might have the answer hi beth how are you I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. What, what's your what's the school? Well,
8: we, uh, my husband, got transferred uh, to Canada back in 1980. Being both, we were both U.S. citizens, and we had our son in Canada. So obviously, he had a Canadian birth certificate. But at the time, we were told we had to register him at the embassy as a u.s citizen born abroad
2: and yeah
8: with all the rights of an american citizen
2: now does he have did he ever get a passport yes he does and he has a u.s passport but
8: to get that we had to make sure we always had that certificate with us that meant when he went off to college we had to um make sure when he was uh, applying for yes student love, otherwise you pay
2: more if you're from out of the country right
8: that um he was he was a us citizen
2: so no i understand that that they're u.s citizens that's for sure it's uh it's the question is it qualifies a natural citizen and did he uh, have dual citizenship does he still have dual citizenship well as a canadian birth certificate holder
8: he can get a canadian birth certificate passport Canada you mean will re- will recognize dual citizenship um from what I understand, the United States would rather you not have dual citizenship. Right. Um, but yes, I mean he—he he is a. Canadian citizen, I would well, see. You know,
2: I imagine that you have to register for I don't know if Canada has a selective service, doesn't seem very Canadian to me. No, not. No, no, so here you have to, whether you're a citizen or not, you have to register for the selective service, but some countries that have a draft make you register in that country or give up your citizenship, but that is not, I don't think that's right. Well, I don't don't actually think that we've solved the problem, Beth. (laughs) Well,
8: good. I just, you know, when we live here in Georgia, and of course when he applied for the Hope Scholarship and any student loans we had to make sure that um, you know you always had to put in your birth certificate, and it showed he was born in Canada. Yeah. But we always, always, we make copies after
2: copies. Yeah. Of this U.S. citizen born abroad. I guess the the trick is what uh, qualifies as natural. And here's the the thing is that if. If your parentage makes you a natural citizen of that, of the country of your parents, regardless of where you were born, then Rubio is a natural citizen of Cuba. And you can't be a natural citizen of two places. I think that's self-evident. If, I, if I'm if i mistaken, it's natural is just one. So if you say that Ted Cruz is a natural citizen by virtue of his mother's birth, then I think you have to say that Rubio is not a natural citizen, which is a much harder argument to make because Rubio is from here. He was born here. He has a U.S. Uh, uh, birth certificate. And people do want to make that argument that you need both the birth certificate and the parentage. And I understand that argument because really it all goes to, are you truly entrenched? Do you have as your personal family tradition and your where you are right now, your own interests, are they totally aligned with American foundational principles? And I can see being very strict about that. And I like the idea of of erring on the side of strict adherence to those kind of things in a way. And I actually even suspect a little bit that the fact that the establishment, uh, the power elite, makes so little of that, that they actually like that. It would be our third president in a row with legitimacy questions. Obama had a birther issue, and before that, the hanging Chad. Bush in Florida supposedly stole that vote. I'm not opining on it. I'm just saying Uh, this idea of an illegitimate president, this would be the third time. And I don't, at that point, I think it starts uh, feeling like you want to degrade the, the, the question of, of, distinguishing the United States and the Constitution from the rest of the world. And that is a stepping stone to world government. I kind of think. Uh, I am going to go to Cheryl and Smyrna on this issue, and then I'm going to move on. Cheryl, uh, are you with me? Yes. What do you think? I'm
5: not sure I have much more to add than your previous comment.
2: Oh, okay, Beth, yeah.
5: I, I had a, I'm, my children were born in England, and I'm a U.S. citizen, and we did this, a similar thing. But we have certificates of birth, and it's called a Certificate of Birth Abroad. We don't use their English certificates. Those are just mementos. Yeah. And my son, who is in the military now, had to actually renounce his British citizenship before he could take the oath.
2: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because... because Cruz did not renounce his citizenship until 2014. So he was a dual citizen with Canada, and his birth certificate is Canadian through and through. It doesn't, there. I've never seen any document that said that they immediately went and registered him as an American, and I actually think he said, oh, my mom didn't know she had to do that, that kind of thing. Uh, you know? Yeah. So, but What do you still, think? You think that he's qualified, or do you think it doesn't matter? Oh,
5: I think he's qualified. I think that just because you didn't do it doesn't mean you're not entitled to the right.
2: Well, I do. I think he's a citizen. I don't deny that for one second. But I, I and and to tell you the truth, when people were harping on the Obama birther issue, I actually did not care about that at all because my problem with Obama being elected wasn't that he might have been born in Kenya. It was that he's a self-avowed socialist. He was a Marxist yeah. sympathizer. You know, the problem is that he got elected.
5: Yeah, I I think that in the world that we live in today, citizenship is important, but I don't think it should be this hinge. If we are going to key in on citizenship and not the other issues out there, we're we're really focusing on the wrong thing and we're asking the wrong question.
2: Yeah, I, I, uh, I basically agree with you. Plus, I mean, just to make the record clear, as a libertarian, voting is not a fundamentally libertarian concept. Libertarians are objectivists. We believe in objective rights and personal liberty, that you can defend yourself against encroachment, and that's about as far as it goes. Voting almost always results in people using that majority rule to reshuffle rights and and bestow privileges and all that so i'm really just kind of arguing from a legal point of view the fact the one reason i do really take seriously sovereignty and the constitution of the bill of rights in this country especially is that i do think this was a unique experiment whereby the sovereign the sovereignty rests in the citizen not in the monarch or the governor or whatever, and that Bill of Rights that constrains government, and it to me, is still unique, is still worth clinging to, and is still the barrier. The whole world, I'd be happy to get rid of borders if the whole world adopted the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights, really. and Then I'd be fine with it, but the fact is we've got to protect that. And, uh, you know, if you think that it's, that it's fundamentally wrong to have somebody who, who would err on the side of interpreting the Constitution loosely, I can see the symbolism in that. But, yes, the problem is, is really not about the technicality. The real problem is not about that. I'm going to Bob in Gainesville. Hi, Bob. You're on with Monica.
7: Oh well, hi, Monica. Hi, Bob. I'm in uh, Georgia's 9th con- Congressional District, and according to the Cook Partisan Voting Index, It is rated an R plus 27, Republican plus 27, making it the most Republican district in the eastern time zone of the United States. And my local radio station, uh, you know, the first of the year, put a poll up, and they asked, where do you think the U.S. will show the most improvement in 2016? The economy, 14.7% said yes. The war on terror, 5.2% said yes. Race relations, 0.2%, or one-fifth of 1%. Said yes. Actually, it was one person, and you'd say, "Well, that's really negative." You know, seventy-two uh, percent said none of the above. Seventy-two percent of these extreme Republicans—I'm not saying conservatives—said we don't expect there to be any improvement in the areas which are most important to us. And yet, these voters right now are hearing the promises made by the Democratic Republican establishment politicians, but they know in their guts that these promises won't happen, even if we got a constitutionalist president. of the Congress would thwart any attempts he made to return us to a constitutionally-sized government. And until we return to both the the economic and the social principles reflected in the Constitution, people know in their gut it's not reasonable to think that things will improve.
2: Well, that's why I found Ron Paul's aversion of running for president better than Rand Paul's, because Ron Paul said... Uh, I'd heard. I heard, heard him say with my own ears. I was not trying to win. I was trying to put these ideas out there to make it clear to people to reignite those ideas for when they are needed to rebuild society. Because things will get worse before they they get better. Now I think Rand thought there that he just wanted to see. I really think he just wanted to see if uh, compromising with the establishment would allow uh, a libertarian leaning person to get in and actually have some practical impact. But I feel like a Ron Paul hit the nail on the head with like, let's just what I call keep the remnants alive for when uh, those ideas can be put into place. And we are, we're just not there yet. People are not fully awake. I'm going to Victor and Lithia Springs. Victor, you're on with Monica.
7: Hey Monica, I just I just wanted to say that i heard this
6: kind of all or nothing attitude from libertarians, saying that you know, um, you know, either we're going to have the wrong or we're going to have nobody, and that's kind of the wrong way. We really need to take a step from the, the progressive playbook and kind of start moving the ball back in our direction. And of the candidates that are left right now, I think Ted Cruz is the closest thing that we're going to get. You know, he's got a hundred uh, score from Heritage um, Foundation, he's got a ninety-eight score from Freedom Works. And and the kind of uh, just of this, either we get a, a, a completely libertarian a candidate or no, we're not going to vote. It's just going to do us wrong.
2: Well, I disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. That uh, I, first of all, Ted Cruz, I think I've lost trust in him. I used to give him the benefit of the doubt, his Obamacare... Uh, You know, histrionics were impressive to me, but they didn't actually work. So it could have been just a way to make Republicans look like some of them were still working for us. Uh, but but really that CFR thing with his wife that he kind of covered for her and said, "Oh, don't worry. She she wants this North American Union thing. You can look at that on my website. I've talked about it a million times. com. But he also promotes the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership. So, I and and he's a, and he's a huge warmonger. Like he does not look into the nuances, the sophistication of the of what's really going on in the Middle East, and so his solution is very unlibertarian and will make the problem worse. Just like all the interventionisms before, it's going to spread terrorism like wildfire when you take out these secular strongmen. It's just obvious. It's it, it, there has to be something else going on, and I'm sure he knows it, but he's not telling us. And the all or nothing thing. I actually think Rand was trying to do that. I think he was trying to compromise on just those things, like that hawkishness and stuff. I think he was trying to compromise. And in Iowa, when Iowa polling first started in 2014, he, had, he was top of the pack in the GOP and against Hillary. He was really riding on the coattails of his father's uh, ideal you know extreme ideology and then as he in my opinion this is how I read it as he pivoted towards the Republican center he lost all those people that actually libertarian ideology works with the voters but it doesn't work with the establishment and that was the lesson to learn so he should do what his dad did and keep reading the constitution into the, the record and telling people what the principles are for when we're finally ready to hear it 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
5: Monica Perez, on News 95.5, at AM 750, WSB.
2: I'm your Libertarian Voice on WSB on Saturdays from 3 to 6 normally, on from 2 to 4 today. The forecast for Monday is a high of 47 with a chance of showers or flurries, but that forecast could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather, brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, but it's uh, a little nicer than that today, and I am wrapping it up. We were talking about Ted Cruz's citizenship, which really uh, is a contentious issue. So I'm going to get one more call on that. Mike and Marietta, you're on with Monica.
1: Hey, Monica. I, I, I enjoy listening to your show, and, and it's, a, it's great to talk to you. But look, I just uh, find it fascinating that as a libertarian, uh, well— I'm not a libertarian necessarily. I, I understand. I, I do enjoy most of your views and stuff, but I find it amazing that anybody would think it's okay to basically import maybe the leader of our country.
2: Oh, I do that. not. Do I am saying no, no, no. I am. I. I'm saying that. As a, that I respect the strictest interpretation, I like Vittel's Law of Nature, which would require, I'm not saying this is the law, but that would require not only that you you are born here, but that your parents were born here as citizens. That's why the 14th Amendment oh, so says people so were born here right and, idea. hold on, that's why people said, the 14th Amendment says that people were born here and subject to Subject thereof to the laws of the United States, because, like Marco Rubio, could be argued wasn't even, wasn't a subject of the U.S. That maybe he was a subject of Cuba. All right, you can go.
1: Hey, I'm um, so, Okay, I thought you were saying the other way, and so okay. Well, I can respect that then. And the other thing that uh, gets me, uh, let me let me, I may be mis misspe- speaking again, but um, as far as uh, defeating the ideology of Islam or or the uh, Uh, The ISIS uh, deal. Um, I think, uh, I think you had an issue with Ted Cruz's. Um, Yeah,
2: I'm running out of time. So I'm just going to say that I think the problem why we are at risk from terrorists is that it serves the interest of the military industrial complex to allow. And there is a Defense Intelligence Agency uh, leaked document that absolutely supports this, that we allow our allies to promote terrorism over there to justify our intervention in the way we want to reshape the Middle East, not to protect people in this country from uh, ISIS and terrorism, but for other reasons. And I would say the other reasons include our competition with Russia over who gets to run a gas pipeline through Syria, their ally Iran or our ally Qatar. I think that is the absolute primary reason for all of this over there and that they allowed isis or whatever to uh to spread to justify intervention and that's exactly what's happening in libya and they took Gaddafi out and you start reading about that they're going to use that as an excuse to intervene there too it's absolutely uh kooky so uh, i appreciate the conversation you can this goes on all week long facebook twitter at monica perez show normally i am on saturdays from three to six uh, i'm Uh, Early tonight, we have basketball next, and then in the 8 o'clock hour, WSB will be broadcasting the last Republican presidential debate before the New Hampshire primary next week. So check me out for that, live tweeting it on Monica Perot Show.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.